Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. My name is Jacqueline Snape. I'm the executive pastor here at New Life. Um, and just a reminder for those of you, uh, today is Communion Sunday, so particularly if you're watching us online, you want to make sure you have your elements together and ready for the end of the service. So we are in a series on the Holy Spirit. Um, it has been a wonderful series. I want to encourage you, if you have missed a few sermons, to go back and please check them out. There's been a lot of great stuff that we want you to check out. Um, the scripture we're going to be going from today is John chapter 16. We're going to be in verses 5 through 10, and then we're going to skip down to verse 13. Uh, we're in the Living Bible Translation, so as you look at this, it may be just a little different from your NIV, uh, but it suits our purposes for today. So we're going to dive in. Verse 5. But now I am going away to the one who sent me, and none of you seems interested in the purpose of my going. None wonders why. Instead, you're only filled with sorrow, but the fact of the matter is that it is best for you that I go away, for if I don't, the comforter won't come. If I do, he will, for I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convince the world of its sin and of the availability of God's goodness and of deliverance from judgment. The world's sin is unbelief in me. There is righteousness available because I go to the Father and you shall see me no more. And then verse 13, when the Holy Spirit who is truth, that's beautiful, isn't it? He is truth, comes, he shall guide you into all truth, for he will not be presenting his own ideas, but will, passing, will be passing on to you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He shall praise me and bring me great honor by showing you my glory. And the Father's glory is mine. This is what I mean when I say that he will show you my glory. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We do acknowledge that you are here. We are here. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to tune in to your wavelength, open our ears, open our eyes and our hearts, that we would be able to receive what you have for us, what you have for us corporately and individual. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. So, I, amen. Boy, I have such a little kids choir today. It's awesome. Um, so, I have a really important question for you. And it might be one of the most important questions you're going to hear today. So, I want you to put your phones down and pay attention. Here it is. By a show of hands, how many of you are dog people? Come on, raise those hands. All right, dog people. How many of you are cat people? Raise your hands. All right, so we already know cat people. Watch out in the lobby. They're coming for you, okay? So just be, you sense the mood, right? They got a little bit hostile there. So, you know, we have a real love for dogs. And I'm, you know, I'm a cat person too. I love cats. I love dogs as well, but I don't know. I'm not sure why I understand dogs get all of the kind of, they get all the sweet accolades, you know? One thing I've noticed, I heard a few years back that there was a cat that was bred to have what was perceived to be dog-like qualities, okay? Don't ask me what the qualities are, I don't know. But then, when I was doing research, I realized there's more than 10 breeds of cats that have been bred to behave like dogs. Do you see how poor cats, they get the raw deal? You don't hear about dogs being bred to be like cats, do you? So we have this idea about dogs. They even get this lofty title. 
A dog is man's best friend. And cats, what do poor cats get? They don't get anything, right? All we do is hear about how grumpy they are, you know, how independent they are, how fussy. We love companionship. People love the idea of companionship so much so that we attribute the highest accolade of companionship to a dog because we just believe that they are like us. In some way, dogs remind us of us, the kind of interaction that we want. But the challenges, I think, with companionship is even though we, we seem to love it, we have apps about how you can find a companionship, we have shows about how you can marry somebody in 90 days, how you can meet somebody in two days, how you can have the best friend ever and you just met him an hour ago, right? It's endless. Everywhere you go, someone's telling you how you can find a companion that will never, ever fail you. I know you met them an hour ago. Don't let that stop you. It's going to be great. You'll be together forever. That's all we talk about in a way, right? But at the same time, we live in a very different way. We live in cities that are segregated. We have schools that are segregated. We live in communities where we say, you can be a companion in this community as long as you're like me. We have people that, some of us are in the room, we're NIMBYs, right? You can do whatever you want in your city. You can build whatever you want in your city. I'll house whoever you want. Just don't put them in my backyard. That's a NIMBY, not in my backyard. You can put them wherever you want to put them. But I have 10 reasons why they can't be in my background, my backyard. So we live these kind of twisted lives when it comes to companionship. It could be really confusing. And I think that's what the disciples encountered here in this situation with Jesus. So these guys have spent three years together, constant companions, loving companions. Jesus loves them, and they love him. And now all of a sudden, he's making this shift. And for them, it feels like it's out of nowhere. One minute, we are together thick and thin every single moment of every single day. We go through all these trials together. We have all these joys together. And now, John 16 is devoted to him telling them that he is leaving. He is leaving them. And they will no longer see him again. This is not easy. It's a shock. It's a shock for them because they don't really understand what's happening, and they don't truly understand why. But Jesus knows, as Pastor Rich shared with us last week, Jesus knows he's part of this community of the Trinity. He does not stand alone. And so he knows his earthly role is about to come to an end, and he needs to be back in the place that he was created to exist in. He knows he is not the companion sent to journey with his disciples for the rest of their lives. Not in the sense that they think. And he is not the companion sent to, to journey with us in our lives in the same way. Of course we know Jesus is present, but the Father had a different plan. Have you ever been journeying with somebody had a real close relationship with them, perhaps a mentorship, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was your parents, your role with your parents, a friend, and all of a sudden it shifts, and this person starts to move a little further or further away from you, and you're not sure why? 
I can guarantee a lot of you have. You know why? Because you're in church. And I remember when I first came to church here, we had a person that was kind of like a, um, they were almost like a greeter, but they would see new people into the church. They would travel with you for a while. You would have meals together. No, don't, don't look for me to do that. I'm not doing that with you, okay? I'm not doing that. But there was a person that did that. And when we would meet with this person, it felt so wonderful. It was like this companionship. And then after a certain amount of time, she had to move away. And she had to do this with other people. And I remember the kind of like, oh, it was kind of a jolt. Because I thought we had one kind of relationship. I thought it was a companionship. But it wasn't. It wasn't bad, but it was a functional relationship. And that's what happens. The closer the relationship is, when these kinds of shifts happen, it can be really confusing for us. Change is not easy. And I think the th what the disciples are experiencing is similar to what we experience today. I think we need to re just take another look and try to re-examine what we think and believe about loneliness and companionship. It's not that we don't know anything about it, but I feel like we need to re-examine them and see what God might have for us more to understand. Even before the pandemic, our uh, United States Surgeon General, uh, Vivek Murthy, said that we were in the midst of a loneliness pandemic a loneliness pandemic. And he said this was so great, it was even greater than the, 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 the challenges around obesity, the challenges around um, uh, uh, opioids, you know, the, the, the enormous impact was even greater than those two things put together. And when there was a survey done, we found out that one in five Americans one in five Americans, they say that they have been often felt lonely or so socially isolated. One in five often felt lonely or socially isolated. If you look around this room, that is us. It's not someone else. This is us. And so he said the result, he said that he believes this is because it's driven by this accelerated pace of life and the spread of technology into all of our social interactions. With this acceleration, he said, efficiency and convenience have edged out the time-consuming messiness of real relationships. Ronald Rollhauser says it this way. He said, our hearts and minds are so fashioned that they're never satisfied, always restless, never quiet, always wanting more of everything. Philosophers refer to this as a desire to re return to the whole. And St. Augustine called it restlessness, but most of us, says Rollheiser, we just call it loneliness. To his companions, Jesus describes it this way. He says, now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and none of you seems interested in the purpose of my going. None wonders why. Instead, you're only filled with sorrow. They're already anticipating the loneliness, the lack of Jesus' presence. Because loneliness can take two forms. Loneliness can be the presence of something or it can be the absence of something. The presence of something 
or the absence of something. When's the last time you felt lonely? Is it in your parenting, if you're a stay-at-home parent? Is it during the pandemic? Some of us, we know, experienced long COVID. We had difficult symptoms. And as the rest of the world is moving on, perhaps this loneliness of feeling like, is it just me that's still in this place? Maybe you're dealing with that. Some of us have lost jobs or had to shift jobs. And although people tell us everything is going to be fine and everything's going to be okay, you still miss. You miss the people. You miss the activity. You miss the community of your job. Or some of you might be like me, you've lost a loved one. And so there's this place in your heart that's never really ever going to be filled. And so you live in that loneliness. Well, the thing I want to tell you as we move on with this, but I just want to make this clear, loneliness is not a character flaw. It is not a sign of weakness. It is not something to be ashamed of and not necessarily something to be delivered from in every sense, and I'll tell you why. Loneliness is a part of the human experience. In one way or another, at some time or another, we will experience loneliness. St. Teresa of Calcutta um, is famous for, um, lately, for her journals in which she really described her journey with Christ um, as she began to serve the, the poor in Calcutta. And um, we know the miraculous things that have happened and all the, the people that were served, but she, as soon as she took this calling to serve the poor in Calcutta, she plunged into a depth of despair, unparalleled. From that moment, almost to the moment that she died, she suffered in this state of loneliness with only few moments of reprieve. And she described it this way at one point. She said, I feel just that terrible pain of loss, of God not wanting me, of God not being God, of God not really existing. For me, my times of loneliness, they've exposed my impatience. I, don't, I, do, I want to move on. I don't want to sit with it. I just want it to be over. It's also exposed how easy it is, instead of sitting with my loneliness and taking it where I should take it, what I'll do is I'll reach for something or someone to fill that space. And it's a real tendency. But the thing is, my loneliness, your loneliness, our loneliness, the kind of, the beauty that's in that is it's a calling towards true companionship with the Holy Spirit. It shows us the way to a connection that we cannot get through anyone else or by way of anything else. True companionship is what our souls truly long for. Now hear me, human companionship is wonderful, and we all love human companionship, and we should all pursue human companionship. This is not excusing that, but remember the Father's wisdom in the case of Jesus. He knew that what the disciples had was good. It was very good but it wasn't the best that he had to give them. And it wasn't the only thing that he had to give them. 
And so this is the second thing that I think that we need to take a look at, as I said before, is companionship. And what we, what we think companionship is. We love our dogs, that's fine, and we love our cats. But our souls are looking for something greater. And what is that? What does that really mean for us? And how do we get there? So since I wanted to learn about companionship, I thought, well, I'll just go to the experts. I'll go to Hallmark. Because after all, you know how many Hallmark cards you buy. And apparently, those are the things that we believe are true, or we would not send those cards to one another. And so I figured I'd compile just some of the things that Hallmark said about having a good companion, what it is to be a good companion. And here's some of the lines. Someone who is always there for you. They love you as you are. They always support you, no matter what. They always listen. Now, you notice the always? There's a lot of always. Take note of that. They always listen. And here's my favorite. It seems like you've known each other forever. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Don't you want a companion like that? If you don't, I do. Everybody wants a companion like that. The only thing is I'm not sure I can be the companion that that exemplifies all of these qualities every moment of every day. If that's what it is to be a good companion, I'm going to fail those people that I'm in connection with. I'm not sure about you, but I would suggest you will as well, because these, these declarations declare a perfection that we as people are not capable of. We can do some of this all the time, and maybe some of it on Monday, and some of it on Sunday, and a little bit on the afternoon on Wednesday. But I guarantee you are not doing all of those things every single day, every moment of the day. Agreed? At least we can agree on that. <laughs> it's just not, rea it's not realistic. And it's not because there's something bad about us. It's because we're human beings. And by definition, we are not perfect. And by definition, we will fail people if they expect that they're going to receive that from us at all times and in all circumstances. The disciples were depressed as they listened to Jesus because they weren't able to see the big picture. All they saw is, this is someone we love. This is our teacher. This is the Son of God. This is our guide. This is our everything. And losing him, there could be nothing that could possibly substitute for the life we've had with him. It makes total sense. Who would want to leave the side of Jesus Christ? Who would see that as something beautiful? But what they didn't recognize was that the father wanted something more. The father knew that what they had was good. It was really good. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. The kind of companionship that the Father wanted for his disciples and he wants for us is the kind, of the kind of companionship that you can never, ever leave. It doesn't depend on the presence of an individual. Holy Spirit companionship, true companionship, is when we open up ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We allow him to hear all of our pain, all of our loss. We allow him to sit with us even when we don't know why we have pain and loss. And what he does is he ushers us into the Trinity. He ushers us into this miraculous relationship that he has with the Father and the Son. 
This relationship with this constant movement of love and affirmation and joy and peace circling constantly. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit takes us into that realm. And then as the spirit of truth, he is able to remind us of what the Father says about us. He reminds us that we're precious. He reminds us that we're worth dying for. He reminds us that he has all things in his hands. He reminds us that he will never be separated from us. He reminds us of every good and perfect promise that he has for us because we've been ushered into the presence of the most holy God. Could anything compare to that? You would give everything for that, right? But the truth is you have access to it right now. You have access to it right now. I like to think about it as it's like, you know, what used to be a radio. Those of you like, what's that? I don't know how to describe it to you. It's a thing. But you have to tune in on a radio. You have to tune in. It doesn't matter what you want to hear. If you want to hear sports and you're not on sports radio, you're not going to hear sports. You have to tune in. You have to actively do something to access what you want to hear. Did you hear me? You have to actively do something to access what you want to hear. Holy Spirit is speaking present all the time, here, now, right here, now. He's never gone. He's never gone. The challenge is, I'm gone sometimes. You're gone sometimes. I'm just not tuned in. That's our job, to tune in, to believe that he wants to be present with us. He longs to be present with us. And what if, what if we looked at some of our loneliness as the Father's nudging, as the Father encouraging us, come to me, because this is where you will feel all of the love, all of the acceptance. You will be heard fully. I will never grow tired. I will never be distracted. I'll never have other people to think about because I will think only of you. What if we looked at some of our loneliness in that way, with that lens, and we said, I'm going to step into that. I'm going to allow myself to be cared for and loved. You may be surprised because my suspicion is it heightens our relationship with those that are around us when we take the appropriate burdens that we bear to the Holy Spirit. I know for myself at this stage of my life, some of the things that, that I think about and I experience loneliness, they're really big ticket items. So sometimes I'm thinking about you know, just the poverty that people live with. I'm thinking about um, gun deaths and 
all of the families that are impacted and um, like the young woman that was just shot the other day, 20 year old woman shot in the head by, uh, you know, because she had a relationship that went bad. And I'm thinking about that child, the repercussions on a three month old child that's now lost their mother, now lost their father. Some of the things that we can think about and I know that I think about are real heavy issues. They're not necessarily appropriate for me to give to a person, but I can always sit in the presence of the Father. I can sit by way of the Holy Spirit in the presence of the Godhead, and I can release those areas and know that he can handle it. He can handle it. And whatever you're facing, he can handle that too no matter what it is. And so the question for you, what is it for you today? Is it illness? Some of us are facing illness. Some of us have traumatic illness. Some of us are dealing with pain that no one else can understand. Some of us are suffering through all kinds of losses. And sometimes it could be things that maybe don't seem to you that are as important as other people's pain, but it is yours. It's your loneliness. It's where you need to be met. And that is the goal of the Holy Spirit. So I want you to take a moment, and I want you to think about it. Where are you experiencing loneliness? You don't have to have all the right words for it. You don't have to know how to describe it. Remember, your companion is in you and with you right now. He has his arms open, and he's ready for you to step in with him. So take a moment and think about where are you experiencing loneliness? As the deer pants for streams of water, so our souls pant for your companionship, O God. Father, we open ourselves up this morning. We recognize that you have so much for us that we don't even, we don't even understand or don't even access. We thank you for your continuous presence. We thank you that in the Trinity, in you, we have no shame. We can express every feeling, every desire, every hope. We can cry, we can laugh. We can share what we think is silly. We can share what we think is too heavy. We can come as we are. 
fearing no fearing of rejection, intimidation, belittling, only being accepted always and at all times for who we are, nothing more and nothing less. As we go forward, Lord, as we go into communion and as we go into the days ahead, let us become more and more aware of the gift of the true companionship of the Holy Spirit. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. If you need elements, uh, the ushers can hand you one. Maybe just raise your hand if you need uh, just any of the elements. And the ushers will hand it to you. This is a great message to transition into a time of communion, a time of holy communion. And I think about the words of the theologian Rowan Williams. Rowan Williams said this about holy communion. He said that it is perhaps the most simple uh, thing we can say about holy communion, yet it is supremely worth saying that in holy communion, Jesus Christ tells us that he wants our company. In Holy Communion, Jesus Christ tells us that he wants our company. In Holy Communion, Jesus says, can we feast together? Uh, can we see each other? Uh, can we break bread with one another? And so I want to give us a moment, first of all, of our own repentance and confession. When we come to the table, we come through the sheer grace of Jesus Christ. And yet we come repentant, knowing that our affections and our attention is often set on so many different places. Our affections and attentions are often focused on places uh, not found in Christ. And so when we confess our sin, we're saying, Lord, we have so easily strayed from you. We want to come back and feast with you. Let me invite you to close your eyes for a moment and offer your own confession and repentance before God, a God who longs to dwell with us and in us, and then we'll pray a prayer of confession together. Let's pray this prayer of confession on the screen. Let's pray it together. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and our neighbor through our own fault, in thought, in word, and deed, in what we have done and what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us all our offenses and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name, amen. The Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me, or receive this in remembrance of me. As the people of God who have been freed by the broken body of Jesus Christ. Let's all receive together.
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. As the people of God, forgiven by the poured out blood of Jesus Christ, let's all receive together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of bread and the cup, for the ways that you have moved towards the world and love, for the ways that you have met us in our loneliness, and Lord, for those of us that are experiencing deep loneliness today, may these elements remind us of your nearness, that you are near to us, closer to us than we are to ourselves. And so in response, Lord, we sing to you words of praise and worship. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing in response to God's grace to us.
Yes, Lord. When we take communion, it's an opportunity for us to sit in that truth that the God of the universe has become human. It's taken on our sin, broken body, poured out blood, and that we are here today surely because of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Let's have the prayer team come to my right. And I wonder if, Onaji, if you can just lead us through that chorus one more time. Our Lord is worthy, amen. God has moved towards us in our loneliness in Jesus Christ. And I want to remind you that God is with you, that God is for you, that he's worthy of all of our praises. And so I wonder as Anajah just leads us one more time through, if we could just sing that from the deepest place of our, deepest place of our hearts, that he is worthy of it all. Can we do that? Can we just sing to our Lord? And then we'll close our gathering today. Let's sing that together. Let's lift our hands together. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Let's sing that with all we have. You are worthy of it all. 
time let's sing that with everything we have let's fill this place with praise you are worthy of it all you are worthy of it all for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory let's sing that day and night let's sing that day and night Let's give thanks to Pastor Jackie for blessing us this morning with the word. And uh, Ananje, many of you don't know, is my brother-in-law and he was a worship pastor at New Life. Thanks for being with us, bro. We came in here, maybe, uh, you know, one of the ways that we move towards God and to each other is by receiving prayer. And I know some of you came in here today and maybe you are feeling deep loneliness in your soul. And one of the ways that you can respond is by simply coming up to receive prayer. And so for whatever need that you have, our prayer team would love to pray for you, whatever needs you have. And maybe you came in here and you've never said yes to Jesus Christ. And maybe you're watching online and you've never said yes to his love, never surrendered to his grace. And if you want to take that next step, you can come up for prayer or you can simply text the phrase, yes to Jesus, the number 
424-0122. And one of our pastors would love to follow up with you uh, sometime this week. There's no sermon discussion time for those of you online, and so may the Lord bless you this week. But for all of us in this room and those watching online, let me invite you to open your hands towards heaven to receive a blessing. Brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of the living God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and fill you with peace. And may you walk out of this building and out of this online gathering in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that God is with you, that God will never leave you nor will forsake you, that he will strengthen you for the journey that you are on. I bless you all today in the strong, in the beautiful, in the very present name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Grace and peace to you all.